Amen. Amen. That's awesome. That's awesome. Dana, thanks for doing that. That's a big deal, man. That's awesome. Uh, well, today we are starting a brand new series called Fight. And uh, I guess you could say it's a mini series. Uh, it starts today. We'll wrap it up next week. Today we're talking about depression. Next week we'll talk about anxiety. And I'll tell you exactly why, we, uh, why we're doing this. Um, I, I, I plan out my preaching uh, about six months to a year in advance just so that we can really, really pray through some things. We can really uh, know what God wants to say to our church in different seasons. And uh, during the Multiply series that we just wrapped up, um, on the Sunday that we went through the book, that we did the book of Galatians, uh, we just wrapped up on Easter Sunday, we wrapped up a series, went through the whole New Testament every single Sunday, a different book or set of books that go together. And uh, we went through one Sunday, uh, the book of Galatians. The book of Galatians is about freedom. And on that Sunday, we had crosses all over the auditorium. And I challenged everybody during the response time. I said, hey, everybody in here, I want you to take your connection card, that card that everybody should have got when you walked in today anyway. I want you to take that card, and I want you to write on your card something that you want freedom from. And we got tons of cards that day. Uh, people all over just went to all kinds of different crosses. And, and after church that day, uh, we got those, and I, and I still have those cards. I have every single one of them. Uh, and, and we got those, and we went through those cards. And over 90% of those cards, almost, almost every one of them, over 90% of those cards had on it, I want freedom from depression and anxiety. And so, so when I looked at those, I said, this is something that we need to talk about. We, we had already planned to talk about uh, depression one Sunday later on, uh, about September of this year. But we just looked at those and we said, this is something we want to take some time with. We want to kind of stretch this out uh, a little bit and make this a bigger deal because this is something uh, that a lot, of, a lot of people in our church, uh, a lot of us deal with, struggle with. And so we wanted to talk about it. That's exactly why we're doing this today and then next week. And what we've done, just to try to take it to another level, we've done a couple of different things. If you go to our website, summithazard.com, you'll see a page there called Fight. Same thing if you open up the app. There's a banner up top. You click on that banner that says Fight. It'll take you to a special page that we put on our website with all kinds of different resources about depression and anxiety. Uh, it, it can connect you to um, a ministry where there's 24-hour helpline. You can call, talk to somebody, um, talk to somebody online. If you're struggling with depression, anxiety, you're thinking about suicide, uh, you should go and check that out. Another thing that we've done is beginning the day in our app, on our devotion section, every day we put new devotions just to help you to uh, make sure you try to, try to give you something to get in the, in, into the uh, scriptures every single day. Today, uh, starting today, we're doing a special Bible study in our devotion section on the app on depression. It'll end Saturday, and then next Sunday we'll start one on anxiety. And I'll tell you something else we're doing in our app. You can download our app for free for whatever smartphone you have. Um, uh, if you open up the Summit app, at the top on the right-hand corner, there's three bars. That opens up the menu. If you, click on the, if you click on those three bars, open up the menu. There's a circle, and it says profile under it. If you set up your profile, that takes about 10, 15 seconds, just your name, email address, something like that. At the bottom, it'll say join some conversations. We have chat rooms. I don't know if you, a lot of you knew this. We have chat rooms in our app. If you, collect, if you select join conversations, you'll see one that we started this morning called uh, the Fight Chat Room. And you can go there and talk about what this struggle looks like in your life, ask questions. We can encourage one another. So we, we're really trying to, our, our prayer, uh, our, our prayer, my prayer is that God would use this, uh, these two weeks to glorify himself and to help people. And so that's, uh, that's really what our prayer is. So I want to pray for us this morning as we uh, dive in. So let's pray. God, I, I thank you for the stage. Uh, it's already been set. The table's already been prepared. God, as, we, as we've sung about uh, just bringing our hearts to you. That's, that's your desire. You want us to bring our hearts. 
to you. And God, the video we just saw that, uh, that God, believers, followers of Jesus struggle, fight, depression, and anxiety. And God, I don't know how that lands on everybody here, but God, I pray that today and the next week, uh, Father, I pray that people find help, that people find hope, that people know, like Dana said, they are not alone. And it is not weakness to ask for help or to admit we're not doing well. Um, It is strength to say, I need help. And Jesus, you are that help. And so God, I pray that you would uh, help me, God, as we're talking about depression this morning from your word. Father, I pray that you would open our eyes to see you in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Everybody said amen. Awesome. Well, we are in this uh, two-part series called Fight. If you've got a Bible, you can go ahead and open up to Psalm 22. It's where we're going to be in just a moment. I'll meet you there in about four or five minutes. Uh, but we are going to be in Psalm 22. And on the way there, you might be wondering why in the world would you even talk about things like this in church? I mean, this is church. So uh, shouldn't we just be talking about prayer? Shouldn't we be, you know, talking about angels or something like that? Why in the world would you talk about depression and anxiety in church? And my answer to that, honestly, is why would you not talk about it in church? Uh, because this is exactly where people are. And, and, and here's one of the reasons, I think there's several reasons, but one big reason why we struggle with talking about this kind of stuff in church is because what we like to do with our lives is we like to try to take our lives and divide it into nice, neat categories. So here's my spiritual life, and here's my normal life. And a lot of us do this, and a lot of us do this, and we don't even realize that we're doing this. So, so here's my spiritual life, and the spiritual life, God really gets pulled out of the drawer on Sunday. And we give God a couple of hours on Sunday, but really, I spend most of my time over here in my normal life. I mean, it's awesome that there's God over here, and that I'm going to go to heaven, but over here is walking the dog. Over here is going to work. Over here is taking the test, and, and over here is my battle with depression, And we're convinced that these things don't go together. There's my spiritual life and there's my normal everyday life. But here's the problem. The problem is you can't do that. You you can't separate your life into nice, neat categories. And here's why. Because we're not first, we're not only spiritual people. We're not only physical people. We are human beings. Made in the image of God. And those worlds, spiritual, physical, every single thing, they all collide all the time. They are constantly coming together. But because of that, because of that dichotomy, that split that we try to make between our normal life and our spiritual life, churches don't know how to talk about and how to handle things like depression. That's exactly why if, you've ever, if you struggle with depression or anxiety, that's exactly why they're a well-meaning Christian. They're not evil people or anything. But that's exactly why Christians look at some people who might struggle with anxiety or depression and say to them, oh, well, you just need to read your Bible more. Oh, you just need to pray more if you only trusted God more. The reason that Christians give that kind of advice is because we think here's spiritual and here's everything else. And listen to me this morning. There are some types of depression you can pray your way out of. And then there's some you can't. Right? Then there's some you can't. Why? Because sometimes depression isn't just a spiritual issue. Other times with it, there's, there's, there's physical things, there's biology and chemistry that come into play. Now, does God have a role in it? Absolutely. We'll talk about that in a second. But I can't just separate the whole thing. On the other side of it is the person that struggles with depression and thinks, you know what? As long as I fight through this, I'm okay. I just need to go to the doctor. I've got a really good team of people around me. And we never look to God for help. 
Why do we do that? It's because we think we can take our lives and split it up between here's my spiritual and here's my normal everyday life, and you can't do that. The physical, the spiritual, everything we are, it's always coming together, and that's especially true when you think about depression. See, the lie that depression will tell us, depression tells you that you are totally alone. No one's ever felt this way. No one's ever thought these kind of thoughts before. No, no one has been where you have been. And then you go to the Bible. And, and when you go to the Bible, you see that, I, and I don't know if you know this or not, when you go to the Bible, you see that people in the Bible struggled with depression. Did you know that? People in the Bible struggle with depression. Elijah. Elijah was one of the uh, most famous prophets in, in the history of God's people. I mean, God performed crazy, wild miracles through Elijah. And in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 4, Elijah is at such a dark place, he gets alone by himself, and he asks God to kill him. What is that? That's Depression. Job chapter 3. In Job chapter 3, if you're not familiar with the story of Job, Job just endured a horrible series of events. His children were killed in an accident. He lost basically all the sources of his income. His body is overwhelmed by disease. And in Job 3.11, he says, God, it would have been better if I had died when I was born. I wish that I had never lived. So you've got Elijah. You've got Job. How about Jesus? Jesus is 100% God. 100% man. Jesus endured all of the temptations that we do, yet without sin. And in Jesus' humanity, Jesus battled depression. In the Garden of Gethsemane, in Matthew chapter 26, verse 38, Jesus with a few of the disciples the night before he's taken to the cross. And Jesus goes to a few of the disciples and he says this, My soul is sorrowful even to the point of death. Jesus Christ looks at the disciples and says, I wish I was dead. And then David. David struggles with depression. And we're going to see that in Psalm 22. So I want to read all of Psalm 22 this morning. If you've got a Bible, go ahead and read it with me on your app, on your uh, physical copy of it. If you don't have a Bible at all, you can uh, steal one of ours from the back of that table there. You can just take it, put it under your coat, and act real shady. We don't care. All right? So uh, Psalm 22, here we go. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh, my God, I cry by day, but you don't answer. And by night, but I find no rest, yet you are holy. Enthroned on the praises of Israel, in you our fathers trusted. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried and were rescued. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not a man. Scorned by mankind and despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They make mouths at me. They wag their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let God rescue him. For he delights in him. Yet you are he who took me from my mother's womb. You made me trust you at my mother's breast. On you was I cast from my birth. And from my mother's womb you have been my God. Be not far from me. Trouble is near and there is no one to help me. Many bulls encompass me. Strong bulls of Bashan surround me. They open wide their mouths at me like a ravening and roaring lion. I am poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like the pot's hurt and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death. God, you are killing me is what he just said. 
Dogs encompass me. A company of evildoers encircles me. Encircle me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garment among them. For my clothing they cast lots. But you, O Lord, do not be far off. O you, my help, come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion. You have rescued me from the horns of wild oxen. I will tell of your name to my brothers in the midst of the congregation. I will praise you. All who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him. And stand in awe of him, all you offspring of Israel. For he has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. And he has not hidden his face from him. But he has heard when he cried to him. From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will, I will perform before those who fear him. The afflicted shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. At the end of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord. And all the families of the nations shall worship before you. For kingship belongs to the Lord. And he rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth eat and worship. Before him shall bow all who go down to the dust. Even the one who could not keep himself alive. Posterity shall serve him. It shall be told of the Lord so the coming generation. They shall come and proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn that he has done it. Here's what I love about the book of Psalms. What I love about the book of Psalms is that the book of Psalms just lays out how hard life is, how gritty and raw life is. And so David doesn't hold back when he tells you, this is what my depression feels like. Verse 1, it feels like God has abandoned me. Verse 12, many bulls encompass me. It feels like everything in the world is out to get me. Verse 14, I am poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. It feels like I'm dying. I got nothing inside. I am numb to the world. A couple of weeks ago, I put on Facebook because I was thinking about this series. Uh, I put on Facebook just this question. What does depression feel like? And the response was massive. I mean, massive response. Just comments and, and messages all day long when I put that up. And, and people sent me messages. A lot of people said exactly what Dana said in her video, that it feels like I'm drowning and I can't get out of the water. People said, depression for me feels like I'm tired all the time. Depression for me feels like I'm completely lonely. I'm surrounded by people, but I'm all alone at the same time. De depression for me feels like I, I want to just completely give up on life. I mean, I should care about being a mom or a dad, but, in there, but there are moments I don't. Depression for me feels like I wish I was dead. And, and David just puts that out there and says that's exactly how he feels. See, I want to say to every follower of Jesus in the room today who is battling depression that your heavenly Father loves you just as much as he loves the person who is not in that battle. Amen? See, every follower of Jesus is in a fight. And, and every one of us are in a fight because all of us are broken. And what that means is that sin is enter, has entered all of our lives. And so your fight might look different than my fight. But make no mistake about it, we are all in a fight. And there are some of you in this room today, and your fight looks like a regular daily battle with depression. So here's what I want to do. I want to ask one question. I'm going to change it a little bit next week. But here's my question for this morning from Psalm 22. What does God say to your depression? What does God say to your depression today? And I think there are four things that God says to your depression today. Okay? 
four things if you're taking notes. First thing that God says in, in your depression is cry out to me. Cry out to me. David writes verse one, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And see, David wrote that, but here at Summit, let's put on our theologian hat, okay? We're all theologians, okay? Some of us are good ones, some of us are bad ones. But, but you put on your theologian hat for just a second. David wrote that, but ultimately God wrote it. The, the Bible was not at the end of the day written by man, it was written by people inspired by God. Now that opens up a theological can of worms. You might not believe that, but listen, I believe, our church believes, that this book was written by God. And so when David says, God, it feels like you've abandoned me, who told him to write it? God did. God has David write down that there's gonna be times when it feels like God abandons you and it is okay to be honest with God about it. So, so God says, cry out to me. In your, in your darkest moments, come to me. Don't hold back. Don't try to hide it. In your darkest moments of depression or whatever the battle is, I want you to come to me. That's what God says. And that's real hard, isn't it? That's real hard because we don't like to admit how messed up we are. Amen? Right? We don't like to admit how messed up we are. So we walk into church and we act like everything's okay, like our marriage is awesome and we all know that we've yelled at each other the whole way to church. We act like our kids are doing great and they love us and we love them and we didn't tell everybody. We slapped them around in the back seat the whole time we was driving, right? That's why some of you are real glad this barely lasts over an hour because if we get to an hour and 20 minutes, some of you start to twitch, right? As you start doing this, I can't fake it, I can't fake it, right? Right? Because we're trying to act like we're better than we are. Jesus has already exposed you though. He died for you on the cross to tell everybody else, you're a loser. You don't have it together. You're messed up. Jesus has told us what your spouse has known the whole time. Right? You are messed up. So he says, cry out to me. Listen, listen, listen. I'm going to say something right now, and I promise if you get it, it could revolutionize somebody's life. God does not love a prettier version of you he loves you right now. Did you hear that? That is so huge. You can hide it in front of people. Some of us try to hide it in front of God, and God looks back at us when we're trying to hide it. He says, I don't love the prettier version of you. I love the messy version. Now, that doesn't put a stamp of approval on your sin. I mean, it's okay to, be not, to, it's okay to not be okay. It's not okay to stay that way. But listen, God loved you before you even knew him. God loved you before you were forgiven. If he loved you before you were forgiven, why would he not love you now, follower of Jesus? Why would he not love you in the midst of your depression? So God says, cry out to me. Come to me. Say, Mark, that's real hard. I don't know if I can talk to God that honest. One of the reasons we have a hard time being that honest with God is because we have a hard time thinking that God's our heavenly father. And maybe it's because your earthly father wasn't the father that he should have been. I don't know. But, but listen, if you had a bad earthly dad or a really good one, you need to know that your heavenly father and your earthly father are not the same thing. Our heavenly father is a good, good, perfect father. Okay? So he is a good, good, perfect father. And, and, and just like any dad worth his salt, God, our father, wants his kids to come to him when we're hurting, Right? Wants his kids to come to him when, when we're in a mess. I got a daughter, Chloe, she's five. And she talks to me and, and, and Elena. She talks to us about everything, everything. Any question comes into Chloe's head, she asks. Anything happened to her at school, she tells us. She goes to the bathroom, we get a full report. I mean, we get a full report, y'all. 
right? I tell Chloe sometimes, listen, uh, baby, uh, I'm, about to, I'm about to make a phone call, and so uh, give, give me about five minutes. Okay, Dad, cool. Okay, Dad, I'm going to go in here. I'm going to shut the door. Uh, just don't burn the house down, and uh, I'm going to be five minutes. Five minutes all I need. All right, Dad, cool. You, you go do that. One minute into the conversation, door busts open. What are you doing, Dad? Dad, look what I just colored. Dad, look at this. Dad, Dad, Dad. See, she does that to me. Why? Because I'm her dad. Did you know you can do that with God? Did you know that you can just bust in on God no matter what he's doing? And when you bust in, you got his attention. And I know that's true because look at verse 24 in Psalm 22. Psalm 20, uh, verse 24, he has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. He's not hidden his face from him. He has heard when he cried to him. What that, what's that, what that means is simply this. God is not annoyed when you come to him with the depression you already went to him with a million times. He says, come to me. God is not intimidated by your depression. Did you know that? God is not intimidated by your doubts, and God is not intimidated by your questions. In fact, you can worship God with your questions unanswered. Amen? You can worship God, and you can trust God in the midst of depression. First thing God says, cry out to me. Depression says isolate. God says, no, no, no. I want you to come to me. I want you to cry out to me. Second thing God says to your depression is hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Verse 1, God, why have you abandoned me? Verse 3, yet you are holy. God, I feel like you're all like you've left me. Verse 3, yet you are holy. Verse 9, yet he who took me from my mother's womb, you made me trust you at my mother's breast. On you was I cast from birth. What's he doing? He is holding on to God. He is holding on to God. He says, depression tells me I'm all alone. This is how I feel. I feel like, verse 1, God's abandoned me. I feel like this, but this is what I know. I feel like God's abandoned me, but God, you've been with me since I was born. God, I've got a relationship with you. God, here's how I feel, but here's what I know. See, depression does not change the promises of God over your life. So many times we, we think, man, I wish, or you might be thinking, man, I wish that God would tell me something like he told David. I wish that God would tell me stuff like that. He already has right here. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 says, every promise of God is what? You may know, it is yes and amen in Christ Jesus. What that means is simply this. Jesus bought every promise for you so you can build your life on this. Depression cannot steal the promises of God from your life. Depression might take your joy, and you might not even feel the reality of the promises, but depression does not take the promises of God from your life. Church, listen, that's exactly why you got to get in this book. I love you enough to tell you that an hour on Sunday is not enough. You need to get in this book, not just an hour on Sunday, but listen, if an hour on Sunday is the only interaction you're getting with this book, if that's the only time that God is speaking into your life, what are you going to do Tuesday afternoon when you're filled with bitterness at that coworker? What are you going to do Thursday night when you get in the fight with that spouse? What are you going to do when you wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and you are drowning in depression? You have got to get into the Word of God. You, you got to hold on to who God says he is. That's why we do devotions in our app. That's why we've got Bible reading plans at the welcome table. That's why we do life groups. That's why we did the multiply challenge, reading through the New Testament, to try to get us into the word of God so that God's voice becomes bigger in my life. You say, Mark, listen, when I'm really in the throes of depression, man, I have a hard time holding on to anything. That's why you need the church, so that when you can't hold on, people can hold on to you. Right? 
so that people can speak the word of God into your life. So not in a, not in a judgmental way, but in a loving way to say, listen, listen, I know you're struggling, but God is with you. God is for you, and we are with you in this. you got to hold on. Third thing that God says is remember. Third thing that God says is remember. Look at verses 4 and 5. Psalm 22, verses 4 and 5. In you our fathers trusted. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried and were rescued. In, in you they trusted and were not put to shame. Everything in there is past tense. Everything in there is past tense. And the reason it's all in past tense there is what, what, what he's doing. He is calling to mind a time when it looked like it was over and then God came through and made a way. He was remembering how God has been faithful to his ancestors because here's why. God's past faithfulness is the best indicator of his present and future faithfulness. If God was faithful then, God will be faithful right now. If God brought me through then, God will bring me through right now. Man, there have been so many times when, when our family, we were stuck or we, we had a need and we didn't know how it was going to happen and we prayed and we sought God and then God made a way and God brought us through. There have been so many times in this church that I thought this was it, man. That's our last Sunday. That's it. I hope Walmart's hiring. Right? Now, I didn't think we were going to make it. We didn't have the resources. We didn't have what we needed. And then God brought the people that we needed. And then God brought the resources that we needed. And what that tells me and what that, what that means in my life is every time I'm in a situation where I feel like it's over, I remember a time where I thought it was over and then God showed up and showed me it wasn't over. Do you see that? Man, you got to remember God's faithfulness in your life. Can you think of a time when God was faithful to you? Think of it right now. It doesn't have to be like anything big, you know, like God split Carfork Lake and you walk through. It doesn't have to be that. But can you remember a time when God made a way when you didn't think there was a way? Can you? Can you remember a time when God was faithful to your family? Never let go. It doesn't matter if you've got to write it down in a journal. It doesn't matter if you've got to put it on Facebook so you can go through the search engine and find it later. It doesn't matter if you've got to get it tattooed on you somewhere so you can see it in a mirror. Never forget God's faithfulness in your life because his past faithfulness is an indicator of his present and future faithfulness with you. You say, God's never done anything for me. Mark, I can't think of any time that God brought me through anything. I can't think of a time when God ever showed me that he was faithful. Well, you're here, aren't you? You're here, you're breathing. You're here today, and you were struggling with depression, and he brought you today. Or you're watching this online, aren't you? He's showing you he's faithful right now. And if you can't think of anything, look at all of the stories about God made a way for his people in the Old and New Testament. Why? Because his people then are his people now. We are his people. And the same God that David had is the same God we have. Amen? Remember that he's faithful, man. Remember that he's faithful. So here we go, number four, number four. What does God say to your depression? First thing, cry out to me. Doesn't matter what you're, if you are thinking about suicide, come to him. Cry out to him. And then, and then he says, hold on to who he is. And then he says, I want you to remember how I was faithful. Number four, I think it's the biggest one. Number four, he says, you're not alone. You are not alone. See, here's what we want when we are really battling depression. You know what we want? We want Jesus to take it away, don't we? Because we think that's what Jesus is supposed to do. Take it away. And, and would you listen to me for just a second? Sometimes Jesus takes it away. And then there are other times when he lets you walk through that season. And he doesn't take it away. 
And, and see, when we're in that moment, we, we want an explanation. We're asking why. God, Mark, Mark, I get this question all the time. Mark, why am I struggling with this depression? Or we say to God, God, why am I struggling with this? God, why is this thing going on in my life? God, why? We want an explanation, but God wants to give us a revelation. Amen? We want an explanation for why we're struggling with this, but God wants to give us a revelation of who he is in the middle of that depression. And who God is in the middle of that depression surprises everybody. Because we think that God is in heaven just watching us. Looking down, and, and, and maybe he feels something if we're lucky, but, but we're here, and God is way out there. And then God sends Jesus. And when God sends Jesus, Jesus does something that shocks everybody because Jesus doesn't simply get your pain. He doesn't simply get your depression. Here's what Jesus does. Jesus shares your depression. He, he took it on himself so, so David starts out Psalm 22. He says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Who has not said that to God at one point? God, why have you let me down? God, why have you abandoned me? God, it feels like you just up and packed and walked away. God, why have you forsaken me? My hand's up. Has anybody else said something like that to God before? Here we go. David says this to God, but, 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 but. This is not the only place in the Bible someone says that, is it? This is not the only place in the Bible when somebody looked up and said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Who said that? Jesus said it on the cross. Why? Not because Jesus had memorized Psalm 22. Of course he memorized. He wrote Psalm 22. He's God. Okay? He's not just quoting Bible verses here. Psalm 22 is a messianic prophecy. David, in the throes of depression, God inspires him to write not just about his depression, but God inspires David to write about the one who would suffer with the depressed. Take the place of the depressed. And so David pins that verse, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And Jesus on the cross screams that out. And Jesus screams it out for every person that's battered or in the throes of depression right now. And he says, I was abandoned for you because I knew you would feel abandoned. Did you know that Jesus did not have to suffer? He didn't have to. He volunteered for it. He volunteered to, he volunteered to suffer. Why? Because he knew you'd suffer. Jesus volunteered. He signed up for all of his friends in the world to abandon him. Why? Because he knew there would be a point in your life when you would feel abandoned by the world. Jesus volunteered to go through a moment so dark he prayed for death. Why? Because he knew you would do that. And Jesus says, listen, I, you're not alone in this. I, I am with you. I am with you. See, see, the hope for depression is not simply that one day I'll be happy. The hope for depression isn't even simply that someday I'll go through this season. The hope for depression is that Jesus Christ is walking with me in this season. So when depression says there's no hope, there is Jesus. And when depression says you have nothing to live for, there is Jesus. And when depression says you should just give up, there is Jesus. I mean, let's not forget what comes after Psalm 22. 
Psalm 23, some of you are thinking too hard about a question like that. You should not have thought too much about that. Psalm 23, everybody knows Psalm 23, verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will feel no, fear no evil. Why? You are with me. You are with me. You are with me. And that, that does not take it away. But it changes the game to see I am walking in this. But I am not walking alone, amen? I am not walking alone. See, I, sometimes you just feel the inadequacy of what I'm doing, man. I wish that I could give you a silver, I wish, we, I, wish I could unpack the silver bullet so that you would never struggle with depression again. There isn't a silver bullet. Now, God can take that away, but a lot of times God just lets you walk through that season so that you can discover he is walking in that season with you. And one of the ways that God shows us that he's with us is God a lot of times uses his people to reveal his presence in and around our lives. And... and I wish that there was a silver bullet, but here's what, I, here's what my prayer is. My prayer is that you would know you are not alone. And maybe today your battle is with depression. Or maybe that's not your battle at all. But you are not walking through that battle alone. Jesus is with you. And right now in this, in this moment, we're going to open up a time of response. And I want to invite anybody, anybody at all, anybody at all, doesn't matter if today's your first day at our church, it doesn't matter if you've been here every day for the past six years. I want to invite anybody at all who is fighting that fight. Maybe it's the fight of depression or just struggling with anything at all. I want to encourage you to not fight that fight alone. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to open up. We're going to open up the front, and we're going to have people ready to come and to pray with you. And listen, if you start coming, we're not going to wait for you to get up front. We're going to walk down the aisle to you and meet you where you are because we just want you to know that God loves you in the middle of the mess, and God loves you in the fight, and you are not alone. He is with you, and we want to show you that because we are walking with you today, man. So I'm going to pray, and as soon as I pray, we've got some people that are going to come. And they're going to pray with people. And as soon as I say amen, I just want you to, if you're here today and God has spoken to you, or no matter what your struggle is, man, this is a safe place. And if you can't admit that you're hurting here, you're never going to admit it anywhere. And so we're all going to stand. It's all stand. And just in these moments, I'm going to pray. As soon as I say amen, we would love to pray with you and encourage you. As soon as I say amen, you don't wait. See what everybody else is doing. Say, Mark, I need people to pray with me today. Just come. Just come. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you that we are not alone. Jesus Christ is with us. And for the person who's here today and they're trying to fight the battle of depression on their own, he wants to be with them. So God, right now I pray that we would just take this moment and be as honest as we possibly can. We would cry out to you together and pray together and hold on together and remember together and not be alone not walk it alone you are with us so God I pray right now for just freedom a spirit of freedom in this place and Jesus that for all hurting and all broken no matter what that hurt or brokenness is we would come for help today in Jesus name
Amen. You come right now. We would love to pray with you. Just make your way forward. Come on, right now. Just come right now. Just come on. Come on, people are coming right now. You just come. You just come on. Come on. Come on. Just come on right now. Just come on right now. You see somebody up here that you know, hey, why don't you get out of your seat and come up here and encourage them. Put your hand on their shoulder. All right? Come on right now. Just come. You come right now if that's you. You come right now if that's you. This is for you today. All right? And our band's going to sing this song that they sang earlier. You can sing this with us. This is just us rending our hearts up to God, saying, God, here's my heart. But you come right now. Come on. Come on.
town. God, as, as people have come and they're coming, God, I pray that, that, Jesus, you would be the healer, that you would heal wounds. Father, that you would cause people to come to you, Jesus, right now for hope and for help. And thank you that you are not intimidated by the help that anybody needs here today. You are not put off by the help that anybody needs here today. You see it all and you love us. And you're inviting us in to a relationship with you. So God, I pray that we would be honest and cry out to you and ask for help because God, when we do that, you give that help. Right now, with every head bowed, with every eye closed, if you didn't come up today, but you'd say, Mark, Mark, would you just pray for me? God spoke to me today. Would you pray for me? Just raise your hand if that's you. God spoke to me today. Mark, would you just pray for me today? Just raise your hand right now. Hands are going up right here. Anybody else? There's another hand. Anyone else? Just say, Mark, I just need prayer today. I just need prayer. Father, I thank you for honesty, God. I pray for help today, God, over your people today. Father, I, I pray for anybody that's here that doesn't know Christ, that Jesus today, they would come to you. Right now, right now, with every head bowed and every eye closed. I just want to close this service out, and I want to give anybody an opportunity to, to receive Jesus if you've never given your life to him. If you are here today, and you are battling depression or whatever battle it is, and you do not have Jesus in your life, I want you to know you cannot fight that battle alone. You need God in your life. You need the help of Jesus. And he wants to give you that help. And so right now, if you ask him to forgive you for your sins and come into your life and save you, he absolutely will do it. And so right now, if you want to begin a relationship with Jesus and have him come into your life and save you and make you new, I'm going to pray a prayer. I just invite you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life and save me today. I give my life to you. Help me to live for you from this moment forward. Jesus, I love you. I need your help. And I want you to be my Lord. I surrender to you today. In Jesus' name, amen. No one looking around. If you just prayed that prayer, if you just prayed that prayer to give Jesus Christ your life for the first time, I'm gonna count to three. And as soon as I say three, will you just raise your hand so we can pray for you today? One, two, three. Just raise your hand right now today and say, Mark, today I gave my life to Jesus. There's a hand right there. Anyone else? Anyone else? Just say, Mark, today I gave my life to Christ for the very first time. Father, I thank you for hands that are lifted. I thank you for lives that are changed. I thank you for hope that you give. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Summer, let's give God praise today. Now, here's what I want to say before you go. I want to say a couple of things before you go. If you are here for the very first time, uh, man, we'd love for you to take your connection card and take it out there to the welcome table. It's a table in the lobby to the right. We've got a free gift for you. Um, but everybody in here should have a connection card. We'd love to know what God did in your life today. Write it on that card. You can give it to one of our volunteers as you leave. And if you want to take the step and become a partner member at Summit right now, as soon as this service is over, over in our multi-purpose room, we're having our partnership event. Last about 45 minutes. Lunch is provided. If you signed up or not, please stick around for that. And we've got, uh, we're ready to receive you. We'd love for you to take that step today. Guys, God bless you. Thank you so much for being here today. You guys are dismissed. Make sure to visit the welcome table. Love you guys. We'll see you next week.